0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs. All right, guys, we're back. It's uh, bright, sunny, beautiful Sunday in southern Ontario. I can't speak for the weather in New Orleans, but that's overcast. We you, Corey, overcast,
1: overcast, rainy, oh, hurricane season, hot as fuck, so or overcast. Nothing that else. Is-
0: Awful, and I must it must be said there was at least in the eyes of some Habs fans, I'm sure, a large overcast on um, Thursday silly. night. They're
1: just fucking silly people,
0: and of course, I'm talking about the draft, which of course is going to be the highlight of this episode. But before we get like way into it, I just want to give a quick update um for those of you who remember a couple weeks ago uh, I put out a call for help um a girl from my hometown someone I've known since I was four years old uh got rear-ended uh so she's gone through surgery and she's starting to like try and walk again so she's on the right path and I just wanted to keep you guys updated because appreciate all the support and well wishes you sent her away so yeah she's doing better she's gonna make it through and she's on the path to recovery so we thank you for all the support you gave and now let's get right to the draft um Corey, i know you did the live stream with dylan uh look I, like I sure did you had and I, I watched it right before we started recording this you had a little bit of a different <laughs> reaction than i did it was, I was more pretty, of a, I was pretty calm oh that's just
1: excited great. It's awesome.
0: My my reaction uh, was a little different. I had a little bit of a meltdown on my couch, I'll be honest. Um, but after some, you know, consideration, even as the draft, the first round progressed, I kind of accepted it more. And I'll be honest, watching Shane Wright fall to four, kind of made me feel better it meant that there other, there were other teams that saw similar issues um but yeah i'm i'm excited about slavkovsky now i can fully say you know what it doesn't matter who we could have had yada 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 anything about the pick now Yeah, i was on the shane right i was on the shane right train and that is no no fucking like surprise to anyone, right? It's no shocker. But regardless, I, he's not, he's a Seattle Kraken and Slavkovsky's a Canadian and I'm excited. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, we got a top three player, player at the bare minimum and there's a lot to be excited about in Slavkovsky's game. He's automatically our top prospect. He's one of the top prospects we've had in how long? Decade, decades maybe? since maybe a decade since galchenyuk was drafted like he's probably better too so yeah there's a lot to be excited about and
1: i think galchenyuk was 2013 2012 2012 oh
0: okay yeah decade One one of the worst draft classes ever um but yeah like I don't know. I watched some more tape on Stavkovsky and just immediately like all the press conferences he's done and interactions with the media. Oh, my. You can't help but fall in love with this kid, can you?
1: No, I I think he's going to he's going to fit in well. Uh, He definitely loves the attention, probably was the main attention where he came from. And uh, to get into a market like this, it's kind of just. Uh, fueling his ego or, you know, his his love for media. I mean, we've seen that with PKC band.
0: Uh I think you know
1: Slavkovsky, what what's
0: up? You know what I think about Slavkovsky, though? and I, I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard him speak. I'd seen quotes, mm-hmm. and I'd read, you know, like, articles, read, read interviews with him. I never watched an interview with him before. That That's honestly probably a mistake on my part leading into the draft. I can admit that his quotes make him seem arrogant, but when you watch him live, do an interview, it, I don't, it's not arrogance. It's just a, it's kind of a nonchalance of yeah, whatever. I'm it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a quiet confidence, but it's, it's a confidence mixed in with just a disregard for what other people think. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I think it's also
1: repeat what you just said. You kind of sound like a muffled, sound like you were speaking into a cup. Uh, I
0: said if Slavkovsky believes something about himself, he's not gonna let anyone. You know what I mean? He believes it. Yeah.
1: I just to you know add on to what you're saying. I think it's like a sprinkle or a little dash of 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 like not knowing the language well enough to like articulate it. Kind of like myself. Um, So it just always comes off
0: like that. but Slavic people and Eastern European people especially. I don't – are Slovaks – I think Slovakians are considered Slavic. We're not.
1: Don't ask me any geography questions.
0: Uh, I believe they are Slavic, but anyway, Eastern Europeans especially. European people in general, but Eastern Europeans – As I have learned from living with a Ukrainian, very um, dry. Yeah, they're they're they say what's on their mind. They not even just like if they think something, they say it. (laughs) They don't. There's not a, you know, if someone comes in the room and they're like, "How do you like my new shoes?" and they're the ugliest pair of shoes you've ever seen, but you lie to them and kind of, "Oh yeah, they're great," right? Make them feel better. Mm -hmm. Eastern European people don't fucking do that. They do not do that.
1: I hope uh, he comes with with the just the integrity, not the integrity, but like the um, just the fucking audio clips of like an Ilya Brzgalov. I hope that's what we what we get to uh, love in the future is just some of the best fucking uh, media clips from him.
0: Uh yeah, I'll be honest, I kind of missed what you said, part of what you said there. Um yeah. thanks, thanks
1: Bell slash Rogers. Uh no, I said I hope that we get many media clips. Like I hope like this kid, uh when he's with the media, which we've kind of seen already. I just hope he's like has like a bit of like Ilya Bryzgallov when it comes to like his memorable quotes. I hope we get something like that.
0: I hope, I hope it is. I hope. I think he will. Like, I think he's already had some memorable quotes, but I, I hope it's not on the breeze level of just weirdness. Like, Why I man? hope it's a little bit hockey. Related. It's just game. <laughs> All have to be mad. Um. Yeah, but like, fuck. I don't even know like where to start. There's just so much to tackle. Uh, when it comes to this draft, um. Let's just list what we yeah. have.
1: Let's, let's, let's start there. Let's start with
0: it. What a great event, Tay. Hey? And I know Craig Button said it, and we've said it before, but no one does spectacle like the Montreal Canadiens. The organization has always, under every regime it seems, they know how to do events. They know how to get it right. Beautiful tributes to Mike Bossy and Guy Lafleur bossy getting a bossy chant as well as the classic gee, 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 right so that was great to see marty's speech was phenomenal to the uh draft eligible players i thought that was great from him uh the crowd booing betman I, lo- I i love that I, they really gave it to him i don't think we're ever gonna get a draft again and then <laughs> Kent hughes man the balls on this guy to draft to in your home building in your first years at GM with the first overall pick, not draft the consensus number one pick that every fan wants you to get. Don't care. Like, you know, you say, oh, well, like it's his choice. Like, it's still, let's take some balls, right? Like, yeah, it's totally. You go into that. And go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, it's like, it's not our choice at the end of the day. Like, it, why would he give a fuck what we want? Like if if he's here to build the model, the new Montreal Canadiens team, dude, like who gives a fuck what we think? If he thinks this is the right pick, fucking go for it. Like oh, absolutely. feelings feelings aside, absolutely. like and I love that he he let that be known, you know, <laughs> at the draft in Montreal. Like like you're going to fucking either walk away from this team or you're going to fucking run with us. There is no fucking fence in.
0: No, absolutely. I just think, uh, like, as much as I totally agree with you, like, it's not our decision, and it's not. There is something to be said about the pressure that a GM may face in Montreal, too, and Kent Humes doesn't seem to let that get to him.
1: Yeah, very easily then, showed that that wasn't a problem.
0: Lavkovsky <laughs> strutting up to the stage, too, was just phenomenal. And you saw it, too and I'm going to keep pointing this out because I don't know what Habs fans issue is. Like why are fan bases like this leave Shane right alone, man. I don't know why there seems to be a lot of Habs fans attacking his character because of that perceived stare down, which he's actually come out today and said, like he was, there's a camera that he was looking at, like whatever. Like people, I think make it into stuff. They shouldn't. And people were, you know, complaining about the look on his face as he was getting, falling down the draft. You watch that clip again, Shane Wright's the first player, other player, like draft eligible to go over to Slavkovsky and congratulate him. And there's actually a video of them congratulating each other after. Shane Wright says, I'm proud of you. Good job, man. You deserve this. So a quick little defense of Shane Wright there. And Corey, I'm sure you agree with me. He's I think aim- I think
1: people I think people warn about the character of an 18 year old person uh, who's going to be better off than any of us is, is fucking un unreal unreal. Well, I,
0: get, I get like you know character is important, but for them to 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 slash his character like shit on his character because of how he reacted to. And that situation is just stupid. Like he's an 18 year old kid who's been told since he was 13, 14 that he was going to be the number one pick in the NHL. He's worked his ass off. He expects he fully expected to be the number one overall pick. And he fell to fourth. You're telling me his whole world wasn't falling to, as for what, that 20 minutes before he got drafted, mm-hmm. his world was falling down. Oh, yeah. And how can I you keep he your composure in that?
1: that?
0: No, you can't. And for honestly, for the most part, I think he did. He just looked very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, everyone's been a teenager. You know what he's thinking? Yeah, he's thinking, oh, crap, I'm falling. But he's thinking, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. What are people thinking yeah. of me? Well, like, that's what they're going to make fun today.
1: of me. They're going to they're going to rip me in the press. Dude, him going it forth is him, him going forth is gonna be the best thing for his career. Honestly. It
0: really it's pulling be.
1: him out of the fucking spotlight more than he would have been. And this this whole ripping him right now, it's very I don't know. It's it, it's 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 not gonna be forever.
0: No, I just think it's ridiculous what some fans will and, say to cope.
1: Oh, dude, look. To, yeah, it, you're finding a reason to hate somebody that you're upset we didn't draft. It, fucking, you're, you're a hypocrite. You're a fucking hypocrite. Just, it it cancels it, each other out. You upset that Slavkovsky's here, so you're going to rip on the kid that you loved. You, you've just canceled yourself out. Fucking play Yu-Gi-Oh. Keep going. Like, who gives a fuck? This kid is going to be that much better at fourth than he would have been at first simply based on, fucking how much pressure Slavkovsky's got on him now. But Slavkovsky honestly seemed like the better candidate when it comes to this.
0: Well, while we're on the subject, um, I have heard, and these are credible reports, um, I think Marco D'Amico was talking about it. Um, Arpon Basso especially was talking about, reported it in the Athletic. Um, Montreal Canadiens absolutely grilled Shane Wright in their interview process
1: mm-hmm.
0: at the Draft Combine. They, they, came, they asked him about his year this year, why he struggled. They brought video evidence. They brought videos of situations. And I guess the understanding is Shane Wright did not fall apart. Like He handled himself what, decently in that interview, but he was rattled. He came away rattled from the experience. And on the other side, comparatively, they did the exact same thing to Slavkovsky. And they said, they pointed out a bunch of things they disliked in his game. They asked him why he only did well in two tournaments, and they grilled him. And for some parts of his game that he, that, so they listed parts of his game they disliked, and for some of them that they listed, Slavkovsky agreed with them and said, yeah, I I agree with you. I did bad. And apparently he also disagreed, but he didn't just say I disagree. He was thorough and explained why and kind of took it on the chin and moved on. And what we've seen from Slavkovsky's personality this past weekend since he's been drafted, that doesn't surprise I Personally, I don't know how you feel, Corey. That doesn't surprise me at all that he handled it kind of nonchalant. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, I think he honestly had the better, you know, like you're going on about the better um, explanation on it. Someone that's going to fight for why he might've played this way, but also not be too big headed to not admit the mistake in his game. And I'm not saying that that's not what Wright didn't do that. He didn't fight for, you know, hit, when asking these questions, they just believe that in the spotlight, in the media, that was probably a test on what it's going to be like playing for this team exactly. in this historical franchise. And Slavkovsky handled himself better, handed himself well, more professional.
0: Maybe not even more professionally, but just, you know what I'm saying? Like, from a, you can't change your personality. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think yeah. Shane, Reddy- don't, don't, don't to fall the,
1: apart in the corner.
0: I think Shane Wright has the media talk more laid down. Like he, I think he's more professional with the media than Stoffkowski mm-hmm. is. Cuz they don't like the guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> they the whole agents teach these guys not to give quotes. Stoffkowski doesn't care. He'll give you a quote. But I totally agree and I think Ken Hughes has said something about it. Nick Bob Bobkov has the co-director of amateur scouting spoke about it as well the pressure of playing in this city especially as the first first overall pick this team has had since 1980 it's you can't compare it to anything in pro sports like maybe being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys or fuck like it's I, there aren't many comparables really and you need as much as talent, I think, does play a role. I think they believe Slavkovsky. I think they probably have more faith in Slavkovsky's development and in his game. But I, well, from all accounts, we've heard that it was a very close decision. They hadn't decided who they were drafting until, I believe they said Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday, I think they said they didn't know who they were drafting. Yeah. And, or no, was it not the ones, it was maybe the Tuesday. Anyway, it was a couple days before the draft. They still didn't know you need to be able to handle the pressure and Slavkovsky definitely fills fills that bill better than Shane Wright does. I think that's fair to say. And I mean, time will tell, we'll see, but his attitude is just infectious too. You can't help but love the kid like house fans. Even you know there was some shock when he was drafted. He came out for an interview and they ole ole oleed him. Like he's gonna win the hearts of these fans very quickly. I believe.
1: I think you're right. Um, I just I just love him. Honestly, I think I think if whoever we got, I would have been okay with this. This kid is is was my pick, despite you know maybe not talking about him as much anymore. Uh, falling in love with Shane Wright I feel like I was introduced to Slavkovsky which is you know I know embarrassing Um, but I had more homework done on Slavkovsky before I did on Wright so it was like up until the end I favored you know I liked both candidates I found I learned more about Shane Wright towards the end than I did Slav Um, and I'm happy that we ended up getting Slefkowski. I love this play. I love that he's big. It gives us a, I don't even want, I don't even want to say like a chance to redo, you know, our problems that we've had with bigger European players. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the way this kid presents himself. You know, I love the comment that was like, you know, if I, if I don't get picked first overall, I'm going to fill their nets every time I play. I'm like, I, I Something about that, dude. Something about that you can get behind.
0: You're talking about the Philip Zadina quote.
1: No, uh, maybe maybe someone redid it and just put Slavkovsky's face on it. But uh, either way, yeah, because it Philip seems
0: Zidina like. Quote. Philip
1: okay, well then someone just put that over. Uh, someone just put it with Slavkovsky's uh, like face with it. Hey, it honestly seems like it fits the bill plays with the intensity that i want
0: i've i heard him talking at um the combine too and he said like first or second he you know he said we're asking him about he said he wanted to go first he goes whatever i go though i don't care i'm gonna be the best player at the end like i will have the best career that's my goal and i think like you said, it's just, you need to have that confidence, but also at the same time, you need to not care. You know what I mean? And not, you need to not care about, you need to not care about the media essentially, because there's a lot of media in Montreal and it will drown you out. It will be vicious. It will tear you apart. And yeah, I feel like attitude to be able to, Bear the brunt of that. Um, but outside of just the initial shock from the hub selecting Slavkovsky, there was also the shock a couple of picks later, not only for Shane Wright's fall, which I think we're going to talk about why it's going to be one of those NHL moments we remember. But then the trade, trades, uh, I should say, right before overall, and when Gary Bettman announced there was a trade. I had a feeling. I knew Kent Hughes was going to do something. I had a feeling it was the Habs. And then when he said they both involved the Montreal Canadiens, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was we're like, we're about up. to grab both. We're, <laughs> we're about to grab both. Overall, I thought we were getting Shane right. I really did. And then when I heard Romanov was traded, look, I think we have how we have spoken and we have raved about Romanov for – many years on this podcast and i've got to say that trade fucking hurt. Man. I i'm still stinging from that one. And I think it'll take me a while to get over that but uh what did you think? Do you like the trade? And just to refresh everyone it was Romanov and the 98th overall selection for the 13th. Or no, it was Romanov for the 13th overall selection. And then it was the thirteenth, and, and then ninety eighth overall, ninety eighth for Kirby Doc. So a, a whirlwind of emotions.
1: Honestly, um, everyone's still excited about uh, Slavkovsky, and then we get this—you know—we get two trades back to back. So then your mind's like, oh, my God, we're grabbing the fourth overall pick and we're going to grab Shane Wright. And then uh, you hear that Romanov, who on this podcast, we've been a big fucking supporter of, gets traded to the Islanders.
0: He's what was that? He's absolutely a fan favorite, too. Not just yeah. on this podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, just beloved by the community. Yeah. Um, Then it breaks my heart when they say it's the 13th and then we're like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so what the fuck else do we have to move with the 13th to get the fourth? Um, Instead, it's the 13th and the 90, whatever, to grab Kirby Doc and then my mood went from pure chaos to just um, accepted chaos confusion, I guess where I just said, holy shit, on the live stream for about two minutes um, because, in my mind, I was like, we don't need Shane Wright anymore, which is what I, what I said, uh, and people can make fun of me for that or whatever, but you have Shane Wright, who still has to develop, where we now have Kirby Doc, who is developed by a team that develops well and then moves on from said players. Um, so we have a center that is 21 years old, uh easily slot can slot in. Um I know his finishing needs some improvement, but his ability to transition s- seems really good, especially with um Jay Fresh's thing that he put out the other day on it. Looks fantastic. Um I just got excited. I felt tremendous upsetness for Romanov because I did want him to have roots here. He wanted to play here. He loved playing here. And I felt that he got fucked in this whole thing. And he never really got to play the way he wanted till the fucking, till the end. But like, it was like, they took the heart out of him. Now he's going to go play for Lou Lamorello. And my heart hurts for him in that aspect. But we got Kirby Doc. Shane Wright immediately fell out of my mind.
0: Um. Yeah, I'll, I had such a mixed emotion when Romanov got traded. I so I watched the draft with my father and my buddy Rye, and he told us uh, he told us both we both of our jaws simultaneously dropped when I heard Romanov's name. I was in complete and utter shock. To then trade him for Kirby Doc, I freaked out. Not him, but the pick. I I lost my mind. And now I've been thinking about it, and I'm of two thoughts, okay? Um, I'm still excited. I think Kirby Doc is a phenomenal player. can be a phenomenal player, and he flashes that brilliance. Um, his injury history terrifies me, and his season last year. It's kind of scary because he took a step back last year. However, he did have that injury, so... You know, he had to kind of come into the season mm-hmm. with no off-season, and he's still very young. So I think I'm, I'm, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I think I'm excited. I like Kirby Doc. Um, Yeah, I think he can provide a lot for us. He's only 21 years old. Drafted, He's the same draft class as Cole Caulfield. Is what we have to under. I think we forget that because he's mm-hmm. he played right away. I don't think he was developed properly. I think he should have had a year, another year in the CHL. But now he's gonna come into the NHL. And I think it really depends on where Dvorak plays. So Kirby Dog's played everywhere so far. I think if Dvorak's still on the team, he can be sheltered, he can grow. But let's be honest, he's probably not gonna be there anymore i think he's probably going to be dealt in the offseason so we're going to go into our season with suzuki and kirby Doc as our one and two c and presumably into the future too and i i struggle to not be excited about that i really do i think that could be a one and two c that solidify the middle for a very very long time in the
1: yeah, I agree. And honestly, it's this could be taken completely the wrong way, but it leaves Nick Suzuki to feel like he has no real competition behind him. And and I don't mean that in the wrong way, but like the hunt to stay number one isn't as big as it is anymore. And I mean Dvorak wasn't gonna take that, but if we had grabbed Shane Wright and threw him immediately in, um, I feel like there's got to be that a bit of uneasy, uneasiness. Whereas Kirby doc now gets to come in either second or third knows his role and he gets a chance to really play with a, 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 you know, a future team that's going to be very, very young. And um, hopefully moving in towards a, more fastly offensive team. So I'm excited. I think this kid, you know, you said he didn't have a chance to develop or should have got another year. I can agree with that. Um, I just, hey, the Chicago Blackhawks get kids. They have pretty great careers with them. And then they decide that these old fucking shaky need veterans that are on the team, more important than their future and then they give them away and then these kids for the most part become you know stars on their new team so I I can't really I can't really expect fate not to let me be excited because just about everybody that leaves the Chicago you know franchise as as, as a draft pick <laughs> moves on to fucking do great uh, at least in this era so I think Kirby Doc is well rounded in his abilities. I think there is room for improvement, but he's not um, forced to be the number one, and I think that's going to do great for him. And I a, I know he my big scare with him is especially his wrist. That injury was disgusting, and that wrist will never be the same. His abilities with that wrist will only be you know a fraction of what it could have been, and
0: I think he still mm, has to be honest, I, I disagree with that. I think well, you're being kind of harsh there with the wrist.
1: Dude, did you see to it? say
0: it'll only be a fraction.
1: Dude, the fraction's, yeah, the fraction's a big word. I'm not saying 2%. You know, I'm not saying like a bit of it. Jeez, uh-huh. I said a percentage instead of a fraction. Um, well, I, I've broken both my wrists numerous times and my left wrist the most um and it it definitely has like less less movement than ever you know as i get older and i mean that's what the body does but dude his his wrist was fucked and i think that's going to
0: i think it'll affect him but i think
1: i don't think it's going to affect him to the point Something where he has to change his the game same time.
0: Yeah, okay, that's
1: what I'm getting at, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be, like, so drastic. He has to relearn the game. I just think that, you know, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for him. But this kid is an amazing athlete. He's going to have the opportunity to fucking get better at it. And, I mean, his physical stature, it, it's not going to hold him back as much as it would a like a regular person.
0: What do you think Kirby Doc's season looks like next year?
1: Um, I think he could easily land second or third uh, center for us. Um, I'm,
0: I mean, in that, terms of like point totals. Oh, point what totals. A, are you, what kind of a season? I'll rephrase that. Okay what kind of a season do you think Kirby doc is going to have? And what kind of a season do you think he needs to have to, can to the point where like, scrap that what kind of a season, sorry, do you think Kirby doc needs to have for you to feel confident that he's back on the upwards trajectory, that third overall pick that trajectory that made him a third overall pick. If you know what I'm saying?
1: Um, I'm going to give him a year off. I'm expecting him to get. I mean, his highest total was this year, which was a bum year for him at only 70 games played. I mean, it's the most games he's played in any of his three seasons. But well, because he, he wasn't
0: needs, hurt this year, he was hurt last year, was he not? Like he was hurt. His I think wrist it was hit?
1: a bit of both, and it, it this year wasn't the wrist. Last year was was the wrist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. I don't remember what happened to him, only having 70 games, but I'm some type of injury. Um, I'm saying this year with this, with the team that is going to be around him, this is not going to be a great team. I still expect him to get his best number is 26. I'm looking 26 to 30 uh, points from him this year. I think it's going to be a struggle of a season for us. I think we're a little bit better off than Chicago. So I could see him maybe getting 35 points. Um
0: I think that's low. I think you're low. Like I think if you
1: get hear me out out, though. I'm not done. I'm saying like just this this one year, this team is gonna be this team is still gonna be constantly revolving due to this new group. And it's not gonna be like really implementing what wants to what they want done. And I think the following season you have got to if if that 30 35 is, is the plateau of expectant expectancy for next year, anything further from that, you, we're looking, you got to go upwards of 40 points. You got to be, you got to be doing something for this team. That's not, you know, that's more than being one of our better point leaders for next year. I think he has to really Hey, third overall. It, it's a bit of an expectancy, but I think he could be, a you know, a, let's say 45 point player. And I still know that's well, kind of low. What but... I'm
0: is I, I just think that as much as I want, as much as in an ideal world, I have Montreal basically be one of the worst teams in the league next year. Mm-hmm. Caulfield and Suzuki are playing Kirby Doc. You know what I mean? That's an ideal world. Realistically, it's probably not going to be that way. Montreal is going to be bottom 10. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. I don't think it's going to be because of our forwards though i think montreal is going to score a lot of goals next year okay what i'm looking at right now and be honest i think this is the ideal situation i think it's what montreal is looking all the stars are kind of aligning in this direction montreal may have a leaf i hate to compare it a leafs type season after they got matthews where mm-hmm. their young guy go on an offense Score a shit ton of points, but they cannot keep the puck out of the net. Okay. Similar to kind of what's happening in Ottawa the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I say that one because we just lost the guy who was gonna play the most minutes a night for us defensively. Mm -hmm. We're looking it looks like we're gonna lose Petrie soon. And those guys, they're going to be replaced with guys like Nguly and Jordan Harris, who are going to be phenomenal players for us, but they're rookies. Yeah. And you top that off with the fact that Jake Allen has now been reported as a very hot commodity. And regardless, doesn't look like Carey Price is going to play. So Mm -hmm. I think this team is going to lose a lot of games due to goaltending defense. So I guess getting to my point, if Kirby Doc isn't scoring 45 to 50 points, I don't think he's on, he's still on that trajectory that we should expect of a third overall pick. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I'd do. I'm kind of disappointed. I do. But this this season he's going into is technically like his third season. Like 2020, 2021, you can scrap it. He had 18 games. I think that that's a bit of a wash.
0: Yeah, but that's, he had 10. Points but he had 10 points.
1: Continue, please.
0: Look, he massed <laughs> points in 18 games. That was progress. Okay. He made progress there from his previous year where he mm-hmm. had 23 and 64, you know, you can say he had a career high last year, 26 points in 70 games. That's his worst point per game output ever in the NHL. So, I don't write off that eighteen game season because he still made progress. At the end of the day, I need him. I need to see him make progress.
1: I get what you're the saying, but totally- but I mean, I, I I would need to do some research on it. But like Chicago is another team that had a revolving door around him, like exactly. no bit of stability.
0: But which is why I'm saying
1: that's what he's coming to here, and you're expecting. Think-
0: but, like, that's why you saying Montreal is going to be bad next year. So, if he gets 30 points, like, I think Montreal is probably going to be better than Chicago was last year. Chicago was really bad last year. So, if he gets, if he only gets 30, 35 points, then I'm thinking he's kind of, st- he's not getting that growth that you would expect. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, th- I just think, like, you're going to have, it's hard to say you're going to have more offensive options when he, the guy was playing with Patrick Kane, but I really do believe that he's going to be in a better situation in Montreal. He's not going to be playing on the top line. He's going to have Nick Suzuki. Who's going to take most, a lot of the defensive draws for him. Jake Evans is going to be there for a lot of the defensive load. He's probably going to get power play time. I just think if Kirby doc isn't taking a big step next year, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not concerned now. I'm saying, my expectations are, however, and for this trade to project mm-hmm. to
1: in be a good, good position. Yeah,
0: yeah. You 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 really you're banking on him having a breakout year next year.
1: You're right, and I didn't put that into consideration and to look at what we traded in order to get this, which is the guy who was going to hold the load for defense. So I do now understand where you're coming from, and that does make sense. He does need to have. He needs to show us that he can, you know that he's still a third overall caliber player, especially a center. Um, but look, like you said, do you think it's going to be offensive heavy this year? Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna take some adjustment to to learn a new system to be in another team that's a big revolving door right now. But what we do have slated for this team, like the pieces that he can be with, I think he can do something nasty with him. We saw moments of that with Chicago when they did let him play with Patrick Kane. I still think it's there. I I still kind of stand by myself giving him the year off, considering I think this is going to be another massive revolving door for him, along with learning the system um, that Montreal is going to try to implement. And hopefully it's something that he can grasp pretty easy. But, yeah, I, I, I do like that you said that, you know, to, I guess, disregard my comment of saying his second year really doesn't count. You are pretty right. 10 points in 18 games is is fucking phenomenal for someone who just came back off of, uh, you know, destroying your fucking, your wrist. Uh, I still think that I, me personally, am going to be a little lighter on the critiques of them next year, but the following year, if the team is in, not in as much disarray and there's a bit of organization. I do expect him to excel with this team. I think he can really excel as a player. I think he's one of those type of type of centers that we could have. He's young and has a chance to really build his his footing here. And honestly, it'll just be like, you know, let's see what time. Time is going to have to tell us this story. But uh, I think he has great potential here, and I really hope that, he's something that we can glue as part of our process moving forward.
0: No, I tell and that I absolutely agree with. And I'm not trying to, um, I guess to clarify, I'm not trying to start Kirby doc on, you know, on the frying pan. <laughs> like I'm not trying to, like, yeah, no, I no, no. Fry- I, I, did, I didn't,
1: exp- I, I wasn't taking <laughs> it as that, but you have the right to question, you know, his, his, playability especially at the expense of you know one of your favorite fucking players and and one of the guys that was going to be one of the only highlightable moments from our defense
0: well and i will say since i do sound like a critic here um i think as much as i hate trading romanov if you wanted to get kirby dock you had to Mm -hmm. trading for kirby dock makes the, the Slavkovsky pick that much better. Because as I've said, and as you've quoted me saying on that live stream, you did. Yeah, you, I know draft I did. <laughs> you draft centers, you trade for wingers. Now in this case, Kent Hughes was able to do the opposite, which is very, 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 very rare. And it allowed. so you know what, if Slavkovsky isn't better than right, at least we now have a center, the right? We still have a I, I, right with an R. <laughs> like we still have a center <laughs> that's going to be our two there. And you know what? You needed Romanov was going to be the guy you had to trade because it's the one position of strength in our organization right now. Well, the strongest, at least we have too many. Realistically, we have too many defensive prospects. We still have too many, and we drafted more in this draft one of which we are going to talk a lot about maybe not I don't know if we're even gonna have enough time this episode but we're definitely gonna have to touch on it so yeah Romanov did if you're gonna make this deal Romanov was the guy you probably had to send so I to, I'm totally okay with that you didn't want to, you don't want to send Caden Gooley you're not sending Jordan Harris it makes sense um on that note since we have been going on for a little while here. Um, and, you know, we're talking about Slavkovsky, who was five minutes or ten minutes before, because someone must have fed them some info, he was the odds-on favorite to go number one overall right before he got selected. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know where people bet on draft picks, but I do know people can make some awesome bets with our friends at DraftKings. And I believe... We may have a message from them.
1: We absolutely do, because that's where the money comes from. (laughs) Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and that is the wrong ad read. So (laughs) that proves that uh, in this sense, I am like Ron Burgundy, that whatever you put in front of me, I will fucking read without even – looking at it first but uh <laughs> the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before plus right now DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one a hundred thousand dollars that's right no Jesus it's one thousand dollars It just it, it's so it's so it reads so wrong make your first bet up to $1,000 and it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action of baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus with the same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, you your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Um, it says to talk about an upcoming game. Honestly, I think the draft was a was a really fun one to do. Um, you do have baseball coming up that you can do it. MMA, they just had some fights the other night that were probably really good to, um, to bet on. But as you guys know, uh, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Dude, that was a tough one. Not going to lie. That was horrible. Uh, <laughs> where were we before we uh, we got thrown into that rabbit hole? Oh.
0: Well, we're, talking, we're talking about the trade. hmm I think – we were leading
1: enough. to defense defensemen that we had a uh, drafted.
0: Well, first and foremost, let's talk about the Habs drafting Philip Maysher mm-hmm. in uh, the 26th overall pick too. that was Massive. fucking awesome. seeing Slav He's reaction in their childhood, best friends. He was flipping out in the locker room, more reasons to just fall in love with this kid. He's just, Seems like a good dude, just a hard not to love Stavkovsky mm-hmm. and projects to be a very good player. Meshar as well. Um, we kind of, he it was around where he's supposed to get drafted. So that was interesting. Um, and then day two to get an even weirder pick. Montreal had the first pick in the second round. And on kind of a steal here, one of the, you know, I would say safest picks in the draft. It's kind of universally agreed that his ceiling may not be as high as others, but he's probably got one of the, the highest floors in the draft. He'll be at least a high-end 3C. Owen Beck went 33rd overall to the Montreal Canadiens. For those of you who don't know why that's a little weird, it's because I have gone and lived in the same town as Owen Beck <laughs> since uh i was what two years old he's two years younger than me uh from my hometown went to uh the high school down the street from my high school uh yeah kids from my hometown it's crazy um the habs drafted him we're very proud of him here in northumberland and it's just like it's just nuts that the habs ended up picking him up so yeah kind of weird
1: it two games, uh 1920 season. I'm sure that's just COVID. Uh, with the Coburg Cougars.
0: <laughs> yep. The uh, Junior B Coburg Cougars, Canadian National Champions. and uh, That's like the Shreveport Mudbugs, bud. Uh, no, a little, a little <laughs> higher, a little better hockey than the Shreveport Mudbugs.
1: Oh, shit. Two Tom uh, Robertson yeah. Cup champs.
0: Fuck it. <laughs> robertson coach yeah no, that, that it was so weird to me though well i'm sure your the entirety of it, like your
1: your hometown kind of you know uh new you know like greater area is probably just excited as fuck to have another
0: another person come out of there
1: you know
0: oh fuck yeah we've had well because famously justin williams mr Game uh, Game 7. his other nicknames the Coburg kid The
1: Coburg Kid, love that.
0: Coburg Kid, Don Cherry called him that. (laughs) Um yeah, and he also also played for the Coburg Cougars. So we've had we've had some guys come from the Coburg Cougars and play. Uh we had another guy get drafted by Detroit recently too. So yeah, really, great. Coburg and Port Hope hockey, two towns I'm from, uh doing pretty well. Uh, lately and yeah we're absolutely absolutely proud of him and excited if you're a Habs fan you should be Owen Beck projects to be a NHL player like he will play in the NHL this is kind of the consensus Uh, I believe he won the Scholastic Player Award in the OHL which goes to the best student in the OHL as well Um, put up decent numbers his rookie season and was the third player from the OHL drafted this year There were only two OHL players drafted in the first round this year. Wow. Uh, A lot of that due to COVID, you would assume. Shane Wright Mm -hmm. and I can't remember who else. But, yeah, so the third player drafted in the OHL, that great pickup for Montreal. He's projected to go in the first round as well, around the 22nd, 26th spot. So it was a good value pickup. And their next selection, however. Before you go on,
1: do you want to know the closest NHL player To my hometown like who it is and there might be someone before this but this is like the secret like you know like we we kind of root for this fucking dude anywhere like me and my friend base just because of it matthew oliver you know where he's from where uh he's from biloxi which is where i threw up all over myself a year ago two years ago maybe uh on that podcast
0: uh, is it Oliver or Olivier? it's Oliver?
1: Olivier, whatever it is, one what, what, one of them. Olivier. Okay, Olivier. Sure, that actually looks better. Uh yeah. Went to Nashville. He just got traded, but uh, w- that's like our uh, like local guy we support.
0: <laughs> I'm looking him up, so so he's he grew he grew up in he's the first Mississippi-born player, mm-hmm. but he he he's a, also a Canadian.
1: Yeah, I, that's I think,
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, Biloxi is also where we're, that new team's coming back, the, the Sea Dogs, I think Sea Wolves or something. Sorry,
0: and I didn't hear you, you grew up all over yourself in Biloxi.
1: Yeah, if uh, fans might remember that embarrassing fucking conversation, remember I went out of town for my buddy's bachelor party like a year, maybe close to <laughs> two years ago? That the town he's from is where I was at, where I fucking made an embarrassment of myself and then went to the same that club the awesome. night the night after after i begged them not to do it and i got out you know like i'm like dude we can't go back there and my buddy, uh my body was like don't worry pal that's not where we're headed and i'm on my phone i'm crushed already dude just trying to you know trying to just get over this hangover and I look up and they're all smiles and I look out the door and it's the same fucking place, dude. It's the same place. And I was so fucking embarrassed.
0: Anyway, <laughs> hey,
1: let's they move walk. On. You,
0: it's that guy,
1: dude. Ooh. Absolutely. Because everybody that worked the night before worked this night. And I was like, Oh, you know, like, dude, so, so not, so not like me. So not like me. We Who might have that? to tell it to, to throw up all of myself and be the one that has to be looked after unreal. Uh, we'll definitely have to tell that story again. Um, but yeah, back to it. So we grabbed somebody, uh, that I'm excited about. We grabbed this kid pretty late for what he was expected anywhere from 29th to forty four. Lane Hudson falls to 62, and we grab the fuck out of him. One of my favorite picks from this draft based on, like, uh, sl- like I guess the fall ability of this guy. It was just perfect. Now, uh, the only thing I don't like, and it's not his fault, is that he's another left-handed defenseman, which we have, like, 30 of. Um, but I love Lane Hudson. I love what I've seen about him. And if his problem that he fell 20 fucking picks was his size, glad the Montreal Canadiens were able to grab him because size doesn't matter to this fucking team. Um, And I love that we're continuing that. We'll take on anybody who can play the fucking game good, no matter what his size is. And I think Lane Hudson is going to have a great fucking time with us.
0: Well, and – Our friend Sebastian, who came on last episode, was talking about Lane Hudson. Mm -hmm. And he's not the only, you know, starting his young scouting career early, you know, he identified Lane Hudson on early, but he's not the only one. Scott Wheeler, Corey Pronman of The Athletic have both identified him as a great player. Um, Scott Wheeler in particular, um, who does a, um, what do you want to call it? A poll... Through NHL scouts and executives and does his own scouting. He said he's he's easily a top 10 talent in this draft. And universally, Lane Hudson was said to be like when asked talking to scouts, said he's the smart, like has the best hockey brain in the draft. Or, you know, he was behind Shane Wright, which is some pretty good company to keep. And yeah. So that, to get that guy at 62 is incredible. If you watch tape, you can see why uh, he's said to be a top 10 talent. He is phenomenal. However, yeah, there is the concern about his size. And, you know, oftentimes we say, oh, it doesn't matter. And for the most part with forwards, it's, it's becoming a cliche that, you know, teams don't care as much. They've seen Caulfield, they've seen the brinquet, they've seen our coach, Marty St. Louis. However, there are not many defensemen in the NHL under 5'10. The current smallest NHL defenseman is Jared Spurgeon. He's five foot nine and a half. Lane Hudson is five foot eight. So <laughs> he's hard to predict, not only from a traditional modern eye test point of view, but also analytically, because there aren't many players you can compare his style and height to. The other thing is, he has phenomenal edge work. He's not Khamkar, but he looks like him. He looks like a Walmart, not Walmart. He looks like another (laughs) a a lesser version of Khamkar on his edges, right? Yeah. However, he doesn't have breakaway speed. He's fast, but he's not. He's not gonna burn. He's not Victor Mete. He doesn't have Mete speed and he's never going to play. Victor Mete being one of the only other players who's that small. He's also not as going to be as heavy as him. However, he did he this is the kid that brought a doctor's note that said he would grow more. So we'll see what happens <laughs> with <Lane>. him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He said he said that it would he could grow 3 more inches. That's awesome. <laughs> 5'11" doable, but yes, so there is some concern there with Lane Hudson's height purely because he'd be a trailblazer. If it, if Lane Hudson makes the NHL, he will be the first Lane Hudson. Oh yeah. However, when you watch this kid play,
1: plays like it doesn't matter.
0: Led like all that. defensemen has the highest point per game total of any USHL defenseman ever or US men's or sorry, not USHL, US National Development Program, mm-hmm. topping a list that includes Quinn Hughes Adam Fox and Cam York, and all the rest. <laughs> so, yeah, this player is legit, and he is someone you should be excited for. I strongly recommend you look up Lane Hudson Highlights because, as sold as I was before in all the um, draft um, rankings I read in our conversation with Sebastian. Watching this kid play really like, holy fuck. He is one of the best players in this draft. And we got him at 62. So if, <laughs> if we can have another Joshua in our hands, I would be ecstatic. And honestly, I think Lane Hudson could be better.
1: That, that was our steal for this draft,
0: honestly. Oh, absolutely.
1: So we kind of went a little, a little hard on like the Kirby Dock. Uh, talk which was which was big i'm happy we did uh i figured it would get moved to the next episode but there's never a problem with it coming up early so uh let's just i guess we'll lift off the rest of the guys we had grabbed and uh maybe next episode hopefully we have a little bit of news on the camp develop uh the development camp going on that ends on the 13th if i'm not mistaken so we should probably know just about all the news about it (laughs) <laughs> by the next episode but i know you're probably excited for me to try to read off these names because uh with our next pick after lane hudson it's kind of a tough one which i'm sure you're excited about but i'm gonna say yeah. his name is uh vinzen's uh roar which is my best sh- shot at that uh, um,
0: then- who, would you like me to attempt, I'll be honest. Rorer,
1: also... I'm a think, think. that's it. You uh, can
0: let me let me read it. I He's from a... Austria. Vorl, so I, I Vorlberg, Vinzis Royher, Roy, Roy, Royher, Royher, mm-hmm. probably. It's it's a tough name for sure.
1: <laughs> that first R just has to roll with the first half of his last name, Roarer. But yeah, so we got this kid, uh, <laughs> followed by some easier names Adam Engstrom, Cedric uh, Godon, maybe, Jared Davidson, Emmett Crotu, which is that massive 6'4 goalie, uh, Pateri Nermi, uh, Miguel Tourne. Miguel. Tourne Tournier. Tournier. yeah. Oh, QM, yeah. He was a Q kid. Okay, one who
0: was one of the best defensemen in the CHL last year. Was he An really overager? He's he's been passed over twice mm-hmm. in the draft. He had 30 goals, eighty points, and sixty-five qmj games last year. Nice. So, um,
1: and the only right-handed defenseman we grabbed.
0: But a phenomenal gamble in the seventh round. And he has a, the thing about so most guys who've been dropped, who've been skipped over twice in the draft, usually they have to go straight to the HL. Mm-hmm. He's younger. So he's actually eligible to return to the CHL next year. Hmm. So I'm pretty happy about that pick as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, this one kind of went on pretty long. Uh, I don't know where you feel we can keep going or if you want to try to save some content for the next episode, but all in all, uh, this was a really good weekend for everyone.
0: No, absolutely. I think we should save some content for Wednesday. And so we're not rushing into, you know, I really want to talk about a lot of these prospects really break it down because we have so much to talk about here and we're, you know, let's, let's not condense it because we're going to run out in the summer. Right. So Mm -hmm. it'll be exciting to kind of, really dive in deep especially after development camp we'll get to see Slavkovsky in north on north american ice for the first time it'll be our first time since excuse me since the world juniors so it'll be interesting to see that and um yeah i think we we leave her there and then we come back and i'm excited to talk about this again wednesday and have an episode out thursday for us
1: So I do have one more thing to bring up before you, you uh, hit us with the end credits, Mason. Um, It's about one of my friends that I grew up with, more or less a brother. Um, My buddy, Nick Carollo, um, the Sunday, it was either Saturday or Sunday. So either the fourth or the fifth was swimming with his kid. And um, I don't know the full details of it, but broke his neck Um. He, well, he fractured his neck in multiple places. Uh, he had to get airlifted to our university medical center. Um, he had surgery the next day, which was successful. They were able to rebuild the damaged vertebrae and relieve the pressure off of his spinal cord. But uh, he's, he can move his arms. He's moving his arms, but he hasn't regained the movement in his legs yet. Um, the surgeon that had talked to the family uh, seemed optimistic about him being able to recover but it's going to take some time because of obviously it's very traumatic. Uh, My buddy, Nick is a fucking big fighter. He's a big guy. Um, Nothing really gets Nick down. uh, And and like you, you couldn't tell Nick that he couldn't do something growing up. And I don't, I don't think, you know, this fight he's got ahead of him is, is going to stop him if you tell him the odds of it or anything. I do believe Nick is going to regain his, ability to walk and but it is going to be a tough battle for him but uh folks if the walking thing i don't think it's going to be his issue his issue is going to be you know the affordability of all of his medical treatment and everything that it goes on with that and um if you guys check my my twitter um i did post his go fund me i'm not asking for donations i'm asking if people can just take the time and retweet it because, you know, if you can't afford to pay, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, it's just it's just about getting it out there because someone who could could see it and could help. And um, Nick's worked his life away to try to, you know, support his his daughter. And um, I would hate, you know, to see that him fighting, you know, for his ability to be a, a regular person. Um his other fight would be a financial burden that could destroy his well-being. So, uh, if you guys could retweet that for me, I, I don't care if you fucking can afford. It's not the biggest. It's not the end of the world. It's I just want to see some people retweet that for me and try to get that out there for me. Uh, it means the world to me and to his family and his friends that just want to see another shining light in our friend group, be able to continue his life, you know, unburdened. I guess. But uh, I appreciate y'all for giving me a time to say that. But uh, Mason, I have nothing else to say. The Montreal Canadiens won this fucking draft. And um, everyone should be excited for the offseason because the Montreal Canadiens are not out of the news yet. There's going to be some big talks coming. So I'm done. Mason, take us out.
0: Well, no, absolutely. Thoughts and prayers. Go to him and we appreciate you guys stopping by, listening. If you've made it this far, um, look, that's phenomenal. You know, we appreciate all your support. And I can't can't even explain to you how excited I am to get back and continue this conversation on uh, for the Thursday episode. So we look forward to that, and we'll see you guys then. Talk
1: to you guys later. This has been Habs Night.